podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to get your foot out of a manhole? Ask him to stop clenching. <laughs> We're at the Phoenix in London. I'm Daniel Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing today, by night, he's Northern Irish drag act, Michelle Leg. But this afternoon, he's Michael Legg. It's Michael Legg. <laughs> and with him, she has the face Joan Rivers thought she had. It's Catherine Ryan. <laughs> No, it's plain bird, Margaret Cable Smith. <laughs> and with her, like a Spitfire pilot, that seat looks like a Spitfire pilot, it's Mike Wozniak. <laughs> so let's start as we mean to go on with some tedious admin into the leading round one. The importance of being right. When he tried to find a recipe for hot beef injection, <laughs> I've run into some unexpected problems online. In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario and they're going to tell me what is the right thing to do according to Icantina Internet. <laughs> <laughs> right, Michael and Catherine, you have taken your family to a remote hotel for the winter to finish your brilliant novel and not go insane. You're having a lovely time seeing ghosts and becoming friends with people of different ethnic origins. One night, after your creepy son has gone to bed, you fancy a bit of haagen or a banana popsicle if you're Michael, and you sneak into the walk-in freezer, but oh no, the door slams shut behind you and the safety release handle is broken. You know in a few hours your wife will be in the kitchen to cook breakfast, but it's cold! So what is the right way to survive overnight in a walk-in freezer according to HowStuffWorks.com? Wow. <laughs> Well, I have been locked in a freezer before. Really? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I used to waitress for many years, and uh, a lot of people at home still think I do waitress. <laughs> My daughter found a picture of me waitressing, and she said, Mommy, I think you should never give up trying to be a servant. <laughs> I was like, you think that's why I do comedy? Like, just to fund my dream of being a waitress in the UK where you treat them very badly, but they deserve it. They're terrible here. Uh, well, I can tell you that when you are trapped in a freezer, as I have been, what happens is you go to change the kegs or to get something out, and the door just, you can hear it click behind you, and you feel like a an asshole, not just because you're in a Hooters uniform. And then, and then you turn around and you're really scared and you kick and you scream and you're ah, and then someone does come and rescue you. You're never alone. They come and they go, you know, there's an emergency thing to open it and you, you, you can't get locked in a freezer is the answer. You can't be because, you know, the freezer people have thought of this. They don't, they don't need, they don't need a fridge full of dead Hooters girls on there. <laughs> we would do it again and again and again. <laughs> and so, if anyone listening today is trapped in a freezer, there's always an emergency latch so that you don't die. We just wasted. I think that 10 is minutes. definitely what you'd do, though, if you were trapped in a freezer. You'd listen to do the right thing. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry to say the latch is broken, but there are some um, plastic bags and cardboard boxes. So you've oh. got friends. <laughs> Michael, as a vegan, would you be more worried about the cold or the dead meat surrounding you in, in the oh, freezer? Do you, do you know what? Because I'm uh, incredibly selfish, the cold. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't put, like, a wool jumper on. That would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it was made of human wool. 
tell, anyway. It is, I always check the label. <laughs> Margaret, you must have been trapped somewhere. Oh, in a loveless marriage. <laughs> um, no, I did once get so cold in Northern Ireland, actually, overnight. We didn't have any blankets. I did once consider um, getting into the grandfather clock and thinking that might warm me up. <laughs> what part of Northern Ireland were you in? <laughs> in the grandfather clock. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike, you were a doctor, weren't you, for a bit? Yeah, but, you know, so not a very good one. did they train so... you about the other? <laughs> Can't last in that trade if you're not all there. <laughs> did they teach you about being trapped in freezers? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I went on a not very good course, so yeah, that's the sort of stuff you cover initially, yeah, and then uh, tune out and miss diabetes, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously I can work this out from first principles, and, uh, well, I mean, I guess the warmest bits of you are your, are your giblets, aren't they? So I'd guess if you're in a freezer overnight, then uh, do it inside out. <laughs> Um, Michael, what do you think the chief threats to your well-being are in the freezer? Um, I'm going to go uh, wild guess. Temperature. Because <laughs> there's the two of you. Would you have sex to conserve your heat? Well, it'd be very small in the freezer. Oh, yes. Yeah, very small. But I somehow get my penis in there. <laughs> Ben, what are the actual answers? Right, well, the three threats to your health are hypothermia, uh, frostbite and air supply. So I'm going to give uh, Michael half a point for saying temperature. Um, <laughs> so, um, so what they suggest is, to combat hypothermia, maintain core body temperature. You need to fashion some kind of protection from the cold, so remove the plastic curtains and make a suit or tent to insulate yourself. So I'm going to give Margaret half a point for climbing into a grandfather clock. <laughs> However, the biggest threat is down to the air supply. Every time you exhale, you increase the amount of carbon dioxide in the freezer. Once the concentration gets to 5%, it's fatal. Be careful not to use up too much oxygen. No running or jumping around, so that would probably rule sex out, actually. Although, maybe not with Michael, I don't know. <laughs> Margaret and Mike, you are not the most popular person at school, but thankfully... Between us. Mm. <laughs> we conjoined in this story. Let's say yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's say yeah. But thankfully, you're very close to your batshit mental mother, so at least there's a friendly face at home. One day, after gym class, you get your first period and think you're bleeding to death, drama queen. In order to apologise to your classmates for causing a hullabaloo, you decide to buy them a gift. However, while attempting to purchase a lovely bangle for John Travolta's girlfriend in a shop, you realise you've not got enough money, so what is the right way to haggle, according to moneysavingexpert.com? <laughs> <laughs> I've been spun around on a chair. Here with him with a crack bat, and then what? You're right. So there's a question in there somewhere. There is a question. I don't know. Where Buying a bangle. How do you. It doesn't have to be a bangle, it could be a microwave. Right. <laughs> but get only one of those two. Right, we're, making a, we're making a purchase. Yeah. How do you haggle? Have you ever Angle. haggled? I'm a very poor haggler. I was once convinced to buy a smooth pebble with some little plastic eyeballs on it. <laughs> because the, the, the merchant gave it a name. <laughs> Full price. The merchant. The merchant. <laughs> yeah. With his wares. In history. <laughs> Is haggling a thing in Canada? Do you haggle? Uh, I would certainly never haggle. I had a girlfriend who did. She would go into any shop and just be a bit flirty and go, will you give me your staff discount? And they would. <gasps> 
yeah, she get 20%. I think you don't ask, you don't get. But no, not me. Never. No. Never. I would rather. I'm very British now, even though I talk this way. I would rather pay too much for anything than speak about it. <laughs> um, I once uh, took a top back to Marks and Spencer's that I was wearing. <laughs> I went into a changing room and took my jacket off and took the top off, put the jacket back on and then returned it, just hoping they didn't notice the sweat <laughs> and I got away with it. I was just quite poor at the time. I can't beat that, but a friend of mine can. It's amazing. He was so poor and it was his girlfriend's birthday and he wanted to get her something nice. <laughs> he went to the Disney store, picked out a Pocahontas costume. Yeah. <laughs> Gave it to her as a present. They banged while she was dressed as Pocahontas. And the next day he brought it back to the show. <laughs> and do we know which eight-year-old girl is now wearing it? Have you never, like, has anybody, you know, like, if you buy a thing from Topshop and a button's missing, do you ever try and get any money off that? Yeah, I had a terrible thing where, um, literally that happened. There was a coat that was £60 and it had a button missing and it was a little bit, sort of, um, frayed. So I said, oh, can I have some money off? Just feeling very confident. And she said, uh, yeah, you can have 10% off. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's good. And she said, that'll be £58.50. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I mean, I'm not good at matches, but I <laughs> I said, that's not 10%. She's like, yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Do you want to get my manager? Yeah. So, so then the manager, the manager came over and I showed her the coat. And she said, oh, you can have 20% off. And, and then left. And then I was with this girl and I said... Right, <laughs> and I really was, let battle commence. And she said, uh, all right, that's £28.50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taking that. Ben, what are the archer answers? Uh, these are just some of the hanging tips from moneysavingexpert.com. Uh, get them to chuck something extra in on top. One money saver persuaded an electrical shop sales assistant to throw in a £60 George Foreman grill with a £500 laptop. Um, <laughs> Haggle with chutzpah. Chutzpah is a powerful weapon, especially when combined with seduction and a twinkle in the eye. Aim to be polite, firm, non-combative, and maybe just a touch flirtatious. I'm going to give Catherine her point for flirting. For, for the, the damaged outfit, uh, that is a good point to haggle on, so I'm going to give Margaret half a point. Their overall tip is, ask for the sun and you may just get the moon. What are you actually going to do with the moon when you've got it? <laughs> eBay. <laughs> Producer Ben. Uh, well, uh, Michael and Catherine have one and a half. Margaret and Mike have one. Yay! Now for a round named after acute mental pain, it's time for agony. In this round, I'll be asking everyone to offer advice to the audience, like on that panel show Jack D has been flogging around recently. Don't know where you got the idea from. <laughs> Anyway, to warm our panel up, here's a real problem sent to an actual agony aunt. Michael, could you read this, please? Here we go. Dear agony aunt, in 2012, my wife and I purchased a top-of-the-range vibrator. <laughs> oh, no? Oh, it is cheeky, isn't it? We used it a few times, and we're just beginning to really integrate it into our sex lives. When she died suddenly of a heart attack... <laughs> the vibrator had nothing to do with that. 
<laughs> now, I've begun to date again. <laughs> I've met a woman with an open mind. And I'm thinking she might enjoy using the vibrator. <laughs> but I'm not sure how to suggest it. Is it creepy to offer a dead woman's vibrator to someone else? And if so, what else can I do with it? Sell it? It's an expensive piece of equipment, barely used. And I think it should be employed and loved once again. The important word in barely used is not barely. Explain that though to your new partner. Just go, oh, well, what happened to your ex wife? Well, we went to bed. I said, I'm going to take you to heaven and back. Well, come on. Let's <laughs> not push it. Do you uh, do you buy things secondhand, Mike? <laughs> Sex toys and the like. I just sort of, you know, have a rummage in the park bushes and see what I find. Get a cat to lick it off and. Antiseptic tongues, don't they? They do. They do. There's a little sort of spray gland at the back, um, yeah. sort of lemony fluid. And, uh... Do you know vultures have uh, antibacterial shit? No. Yeah, yeah. So they no, shit on no, their own you mean, legs. You mean no? <laughs> it's a great fact. There's no way it's true. It's true. Um, that's because you know they wade through carcasses. Right. They shit down their own legs, and it kills the bacteria. I've met people like that. <laughs> if you could get one to shit on a used vibrator. <laughs> I think the first time you use a vibrator, you wanted to come out of a sealed package. I think so, yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine went back with a guy. They'd been on a couple of dates. It was the first time she'd been back to his house, and he bought. And this is the worst bit for me. He bought out a sort of battered gym bag, yeah. full of second-hand oh. sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as a treat. <laughs> I mean, I'd have thought the inside of a vagina is the cleanest place on the body. It depends what's just been put there. <laughs> like a second-hand vibrator, for example. Vulture shit would be fine about it. <laughs> Usually what it is. <laughs> Thing is, it doesn't go into who his new girlfriend is, but say, for instance, it's Fiona Bruce. <laughs> I mean, she's into that shit, right? She's into used goods. Listen, this is a very serious question. Sorry, Catherine, sorry. I know it's all fun and games now, and you feel like, ah, oh, this is crazy. But men do this. They do have a dirty gym bag full of their own toys and handcuffs and things. You shouldn't use a gym bag. You should use a lunchbox or something. Why? <laughs> I always keep the containers from takeaway for that reason. I did a very naughty thing. I'm a nice, 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 nice girl until you cross me. And then I'm very mean. And uh, I found an ex was not being very nice to me and I knew that it would be over. And when I found out about some cheating, I dug a little more. I found out about some more cheating and some more cheating. And he was one of these ones with a gym bag of like dirty sex stuff, like butt plugs, gags, the whole nine. I didn't touch most of it. And then, um, so what I did was... <laughs> Oh. Yeah, the word there is most. Yeah. 
what I did was, is uh, when I was throwing him out with all of his things, I sent the big bag of dirty sex stuff to the only address that I had for him after I'd thrown him out, which was his parents. <laughs> And his parents said, well, we can't say it's our son's stuff to the agony aunt. Let's just make up a dead wife or something. Find out if we can use this shit, because it's expensive. Let's go to producer Ben, who has the actual agony aunt answer. This is from Dear Prudence in Slate magazine, and she says, talk about a buzzkill. I can't even imagine raising the idea of A buzzkill? I can't even imagine raising that ear asking your new squeeze to party with a vibrator loved by your late wife. Even if you've cleaned it off with antibacterial toy cleaning spray, this suggestion is going to cause unnecessary friction. Most powerful cleaning substance. <laughs> As for selling it, yes, it's possible that could find the vibrator a new home, but I would not want to meet the kind of person who would ring my bell in order to get a used vibrator. Um, I'm going to give Mike the point there for stressing that toys should come out of a sealed package. Good. Thank you. <laughs> so, now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you handle some problems from tonight's audience. Have we got Kate, who is a drummer? Are you here, Kate? Oh, right in the front. It's a simple dilemma. I'm a female drummer and I don't know what to wear. Mm. <sighs> yeah, because you can't wear short skirts because people can see, you know. Can't wear stilettos. Up. Well, what kind of drumming? This is pivotal, isn't it? What kind of, like, sort of, like a rock band or at the, the front of an army or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very, your clothes are very simple in the army. The drummer is strict. It's progressive jazz. Okay. Ooh. Do you sweat quite a lot? Uh, yeah. Okay. And for the audience, um, I mean, you've got all, have you got all your limbs, or have we got sort of jazz, uh, jazz Def Leppard kind of situation? <laughs> all good. It's it's full quotient. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, didn't you go out with a drummer once or something? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You, Quite a story. You're, you're mistaking me with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> I've gone over the drummer. I don't know. But you do, don't you? Yeah, I do. Oh! <laughs> Did you just want to talk about yourself? <laughs> really clumsy segue. Uh, Who here? Who here? Who's uh, out with the drummer? <laughs> what does your boyfriend wear when he drums? Yeah. Just trousers. There you go. Just trousers. <laughs> no, it's just, just trousers and it's a lady. That's wow. distracting. If that is Bill distracting. Collins is listening. <laughs> Your 50-year career problem has been solved <laughs> by Daniel's boy. Trousers? <laughs> Trousers are maybe just some grime for the upper half, right? <laughs> um, Stuart I'm Copeland used to put um, photographs of Sting on his um, drums mm. to, to help him drum. <laughs> so do you, have you got a, a nemesis? There? Have you got a nemesis that you could pound during the... <laughs> it's not so pounding, is it? In it's more sort of your sort of tickling, tickling analysis. <laughs> Have you got a niece that you want to? Take? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't really help the original question. <laughs> I think it matters. 
course, is a serious answer. I think people um, ask women in comedy loads of questions for some reason. And one of those questions is, what do you wear? How do you know what to wear? And it's something that I think about myself. You can't have your tits out. You can't. <laughs> I've tried. It's not funny. Um, you can't really wear a dress and be teetering on heels, I feel like. You just need to find what your drumming voice is and just feel really comfortable and really see what works and then just go for it. There's no rules as long as you feel comfortable. Trousers. No, don't wear a... Trousers. <laughs> Trousers and it's up to you how high up they go. No matter. Kate, who would you give the points to? Uh, they're going to have to go to Catherine, I think. <laughs> Just because she went on the <laughs> It's something I think about. That it. Let's check the scores, producer Ben. The scores are that Michael and Catherine got two and a half. Uh, Margaret and Michael got three. <gasps> Come on. <laughs> right then, we're going to have to do an, a little advert. I'm sorry, this is going to be really boring. And not even funny. Uh, wow, that's really <laughs> selling it. <laughs> is, was that the advert? <laughs> Thank you for downloading Do The Right Thing podcast. Because we never ever ask you for money or give out these slots to actual advertisers, uh, we have a little word from our sponsors, me and my colleague, right now. Um, please, please come and see my Edinburgh Fringe show, which is on at the Edinburgh Fringe in Edinburgh at <laughs> half past 12 every single day. That's lunchtime, not in the evening. Half past 12 every day at the Voodoo Rooms, apart from Tuesdays, because I get tired and sad. <laughs> I will definitely be going to see Danielle's show every day uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that I also have a show at the same time well it's on at 10 past 12 stand 2 my show's called Tell It Like It Is Steve why is it called Tell It Like It Is Steve come and find out it was about the time that I realised when I was about 18 that I was a prick <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what year is this? <laughs> just for future listeners you know. oh I thought you just had quantum leap or something <laughs> just people who hear this podcast in a year's time or something you know oh, it's, it's 2015 the year Back to the Future 2 is set mm. yeah. <laughs> amateur hour is over it's ask the expert o'clock ask 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 yeah. This is the round where I ask the panel to get inside the mind of an expert, like Hannibal Lecter did with Buffalo Bill. But guys, can we keep the top winkies to a minimum? So let's welcome today's expert. It's taxi driver Mason McQueen. Hello, Mason. Hello, Dan. Where do you drive your taxi? All around London. I'm a green badge. So I, I can, don't know what that means. Well, Disabled? You've got, you've got, <laughs> that means, means you married someone from the UK. <laughs> so I can drive all around London, central London. There's yellow badges who are uh, suburban drivers. Really? Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. How long did it take you to, to get the knowledge? The knowledge took me three years. No. Three years, yeah. Well, yeah, it's tricky around here. They'll have Lavender Place, Lavender Gardens, Lavender Street, Lavender Road. That is bullshit. We don't have any of that anywhere else. And if you get it wrong, you're to blame. Uh-huh. I told you, drive a Lavender fucking place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did, madam. You said Lavender Street. Huh? No, I did. I Guys, <laughs> <laughs> can, can we stop this? <laughs> Um, but do you have a sat-nav now? Okay, I'll admit I've got one. <laughs> it's a cabbie's mate, right? I work nights, 
the seedy side of life, I work. I like to see people with... Second hand vibrators. Second hand vibrators. I don't even go there. I've had, I did pick up a lady once. Uh. Bragger. <laughs> no. A second hand lady. <laughs> I picked up a lady and she was a lady of the night. She was a worker. She said, I've just been with a client. I said, what's the problem, madam? She says, uh, he had a, a small vibrator and it's gone in my rectum and we can't get it out. <laughs> right? So... <laughs> It must have been a small one, right, Mike? So I said, yeah. oh, really? that's unbelievable. That's, that's um, you know, like you put something through a letterbox and you go, oh, fuck, it's gone. <laughs> right, it's gone. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, Typical so, problem for the man with the rectangular anus. <laughs> she said, have a fill. So, no, no, no. No, so I'll put my hand through the, the mouse hole where you put the money. <laughs> And Call the anus. <laughs> <laughs> the euphemisms are so thick here. I'm trying to wade through. And uh, it was vibrating her bum. I went, oh my God. You know? What are you going to do? Oh, I could feel the vibrator like a Sesame Street toy vibrating. Oh, right? she, she waddled off to get in the lift and I thought the scenario in that lift, the quiet one, hi, evening, and I'm... Mm. <laughs> what, because she, she had a rampant me Elmo up her arm. <laughs> <laughs> just taking us to A and E. No, she said Mother Nature would take the. Uh, my the next pre-tons. client loves fishing vibrators out of my ass. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> right, panel. In the moment, you're going to have to second guess what Mason would do in some taxi driver-based scenarios. But before then, you've got a chance to get to know him a little bit better with some carefully chosen questions. I think we know him pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Um, has it been a busy night? <laughs> <laughs> well, when that sun goes down, it gets busy, let me tell you. Now, we all know that you drive for a living, but can you drive in real life? <laughs> <laughs> I'll use my indicators then, and then I'll, 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 I've got a heart as well then, you know? I let people out, I let people in. Yeah. But when I'm in the cab, I'm the cabbie from hell. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your cyclist score? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm good with cyclists. I'm a biker as well. I've got motorcycle license, so now I try to pay attention. Look, we've all got to get home, right? <laughs> Scenario number one. Your taxi smells amazing. You've just taken it for a very expensive valeting. If anyone was ever going to have a baby in your back seat, now is the time. Except you'd not let them because who was after birth on the upholstery? Anyway, your cab is clean. You're having a very quiet night shift and every fare counts. You see a man hailing a taxi, but as you get closer, you notice he's clinging to a lamppost and he might be a bit vomity. What would Mason do in this situation? Um, well, to quote Mason, everybody's got to get home. Yeah. <laughs> Mason, I think cab drivers generally are really good. Like, I got this cab from Party, and there was these two guys who lived also in Lewisham. I live in Lewisham. Uh, I'm not bragging. Clearly, I am... It's a cry more, for help. More of a cry for help. Um, so, anyway, they were totally pissed, and then I got into the cab. We're driving off, and the guy was the nicest man in the world. The nicest man... You know how? No offence. <laughs> There wasn't a UKIP leaflet. <laughs> he was a really lovely man. And, and do you know what? I'll tell you how lovely he was. He brought up the subject of football and I went with it. 
<laughs> I don't know what Phil Cole is. He was like, oh, did you see the match? I went, two right, I did, eh? Doug Leash, Ray Reardon. I went on. <laughs> he was just happy to have the company. I was happy that he was there. And then these two guys, all I was, bleh. Uh, yeah. And uh, the coach went, what happened, what happened, what happened? And it's just like, oh, do you know what he owned? I don't know why I thought of this. Well, he owned a bottle of water and he spelt some. I'm really sorry, that's what that noise was. And he went, okay. Because he was so lovely, we were having a nice chat, why would I lie to him? And then whenever I was getting out and paying, I saw his hood, the coat of... Oh. Mm, full of sick. Oh. That poor, poor man. Very funny. <laughs> what I'm saying is we are horrible and cab drivers are nice. That's what I'm saying, so I think you would pick them up. Margaret, have you ever been sick in a cab? No, in fact, I got a car home from a job once and they're supposed to take you all the way home and I was pregnant. I asked if I could get out and throw up, which I did, and then he drove off. <laughs> <laughs> to walk home, covered in sick. Should have uh, been drinking that much pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but then I did um, accidentally get him sacked, but I don't feel too bad about that. <laughs> Mike, do you drive? Are you a car owner? I, yeah, I've got a r tiny revolting car that is full of other people's sick. I have small, <laughs> I have small children and a wife with a jippy tummy. And um, <laughs> crusts out in the summer. And uh, <laughs> that's when we chip it off. <laughs> Give it a bit of an airing. What, what I've noticed lately, though, with like, ladies, especially ladies, the handbag does come in handy for the, the sick. You know, it doubles as a... Yeah. But I don't like being paid after they've sicked into the bag. <laughs> Mason, what would you do in this situation? If he's hanging on to a lamppost, you've really got to be a thick cab driver that he's not like just comfortable holding on to a lamppost. He might have a brain injury. He's pissed. <laughs> he might be Gene Kelly and he's waiting for his cue. <laughs> right, well this is what I do, Mr Kelly, okay? It's 10 yards in front, I'm stopping. I want to assess the, the walk. Yeah. And then once they get to the, the window, hopefully speak to them, see where you're going. The doors have got to be locked. I say they're locked, mate, where are you off to? And then you've got to try and understand what he's saying, because he's probably absolutely smashed. And uh, I normally don't let them in. Depends how, how bad they are, Dan, you know? But if they've got utility bills in their passport, we're away, we're okay. <laughs> it's the night shift again. You're driving down a fancy smancy street when a man jumps from behind a wheelie bin, he's naked. You pull up and he explains that he's had to climb out of his mistress's window when her husband came home early. He wants you to drive him home, which is miles away. He obviously doesn't have his wallet on him, but he definitely has cash back at his flat. What would Mason do in this situation? See, I don't know, I've got a lot of faith in Mason. He didn't think, pick up the last person. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? I think clearly something bad happened to Mason that day. <laughs> <laughs> what, would you, uh, what would you accept as a deposit? Margaret, uh... <laughs> if you were having an affair with someone yeah. and they threw you out naked, would you yeah. be really pissed off with them? <laughs> <laughs> Is this about you again, Dan? <laughs> 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 yeah, but I don't, I don't think I'd hail a cab. You'd leap out onto a waiting horse, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd be worried that they haven't wiped themselves, that's what I'd oh, yeah. If he's left by the window, he could have wiped it on the curb. <laughs> that's what they usually do, isn't it? Do yeah. you put uh, a bit of newspaper down for the nude people? What do you do? <laughs> you? For the nude people? Yes, yeah. it's a regular occurrence. You never picked up a naked person? Not in the cab. <laughs> in my bedroom, yeah, my wife. 
I'll throw her all round the place, but not in the taxi. And then charge her. <laughs> I guess even Something clothed else. people could have no money on them. You've got to have a lot of trust, though. I'll pick people up all the time. They sit behind you. It, you know, it's oh, not... yeah, I don't like it. I don't like your job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's I wouldn't scary. feel safe. Scary, You're very yeah. brave. I hate people. <laughs> would you pick up a naked hitchhiker? Never! I would never! No but one is... definitely don't have a weapon. <laughs> but, but a man can easily kill a woman. See, we can kill them, but we have to do it through poisoning or by surprise and definitely get it right the first time. <laughs> so you might pick them up, but you'd run them over first. <laughs> so Mason, what would you do in this situation? Yeah, I'd definitely pick him up, because that's about the funniest thing that's going to happen there. Driving a 12-hour shift. Thank you very much, Mason. Is there anything you'd like to plug? When can we next see you on TV? Mason does loads of TV stuff. No, I've done a little bit. I, after my last out, and I'd, I'd like to do some more, Dan. I really would. I really enjoyed it. You've done more than Michael, so... <laughs> 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 yeah, but, you know, I've got a couple of fares to pick up later tonight, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't drive, so the deaths are on you, my friends! <laughs> Please thank uh, expert taxi driver Mason McQueen! So, just before we hit the final round, what are the scores, producer Ben? Uh, Michael and Catherine have three and a half, Margaret and Mike have three. Yay! <laughs> Let's do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! In this final round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets to keep Scotland. The round ends! <laughs> That's going to go one way or the other when it actually <laughs> comes out. The round ends when producer Ben has a horngasm. Uh, you're at a funeral, you hear a fart from the coffin, what's the wrong thing to do? Say, shush, we're in church. <laughs> Say, don't worry, that was me. Fuck it, bury him. <laughs> You're walking down the street when a stranger tries to pull off your moustache, shouting, it's clearly a fake. What is the wrong thing to do? This is why I paint it in anti-climb paint at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking idiot. You find a potato that looks like Liza Minnelli. <laughs> what is the wrong thing to do? Get a potato that looks like Judy Garland and smash her in the face. <laughs> Boil it so it looks even more like Liza Minnelli. <laughs> you possess exactly the same superpowers as Magneto. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, just go around, like, clearing up wishing wells. <laughs> <laughs> ask you for a hug, what is the wrong thing to do? Immediately report him to you, tree <laughs> Just put anything you want instantly inside him. <laughs> what a stroke of luck that you got bored just as we gave up. <laughs> that could really be the motto of this. <laughs> Just like sex, it's taken a bit too long, and in the end, there's only one winner. What are the final scores? 
the, uh, the final scores are very exciting. There's half a point in it. Oh. Margaret and Mike have five. Michael and Catherine have five and a half. Yeah.